Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Moab, Utah with my new friend, Ranger Rose McHenry, the author of Trip Tales, From Family Camping to Life as a Ranger. Ranger Rose is a former national park and state park ranger that has worked in over a dozen parks. She loves visiting Moab to explore arches and canyonlands and national parks and can't wait to share her experiences with all of you. In this episode, Ranger Rose and I talk about arches and canyonlands national parks, where to find giant dinosaurs, and night skies with dark sky rangers. You're about these three amazing experiences and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Moab. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Ranger Rose, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. One of the things I always love to do is like check out our amazing national parks. And today we're talking about Moab, Utah, which has some amazing national parks that are like right at the entrance. To, the city's like right at the entrance to those. So it's an honor to have you on the show and to kind of learn about Moab. Thank you. So what's your connection to, to Moab? Well, I've been there a number of times. Moab is all about outdoor adventure and we love to go there to, to use it as a base to visit the surrounding areas like arches and canyon lands and a lot of other places that I'm, I'm happy to tell you about. Well, fantastic. So when you've gone there the, uh, all the different times, what's the weather like? I know Utah, like it's known for really great snow, but it's also known for its national parks and hiking and everything else like that. What's the weather like throughout the year there in Moab? Well, in summer, it can get really hot. So, and of course, in the winter, it, it can be snowy. The best times to visit are in the spring and the fall. And probably the best time in the spring would be from mid-April through mid-May. Uh, is the time that we really enjoy going. Because obviously at that point, it's it's all about hiking and just kind of enjoying the outdoors without you know, having the sun beat down on you with like massive amounts of sweat, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And and of course, um, October is always a great month to go to high desert areas because it's it's beautiful. It's sunny. It's, it's warm. The skies are blue. It's in the 60s. It's not hot. There's less people and uh, just an awesome time to go. So early spring and, uh, and mid-fall. Okay. So obviously during the day, it's kind of warm. And I know a lot of times when you, when you do certain hikes, you leave early in the morning, right? And if you're leaving early in the morning or you're coming back and it's more towards like dusk or the sunset, at that point, does it get really chilly like even during those times or like you got to bring extra, extra layers with you? Well, in, in the spring and the fall, it's pretty nice all day long, um, but at night it can get cold because it's still, remember, it's still basically desert, so it can get chilly at night. I, I like to dress in layers whenever I go to any kind of desert country. That works out really well. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, besides the weather, are there certain events that happen throughout the year? Maybe somebody wants to plan their trip around that? Yeah, there's all kinds of events, Lee. There's, um, there's so many that there, there were too many to count. I actually pulled up a list of events from Moab and came up with over 20 of them. But some of the most notable are the Moab Art Festival, which takes place every Memorial Day weekend. 
that is free admission. It's a two-day festival, and there's uh, music appreciation, education, environmental awareness, all kinds of uh, handmade crafts and uh, games and, and art and things for kids as well. There's the Moab Folk Festival. Just go to discovermoab.com to get dates for these other events because they do the dates vary from year to year. But the art festival has been going on for 10 years and counting. Outdoor performances, arts, crafts, food vendors. The festival actually showcases over a dozen different performers ranging from bluegrass to modern acoustics. So it's just an awesome event to go to, including a late night jam festival you can attend. And then here's one I, I still want to go to. It sounds really fun. Is the Moab Trashion Show, where you can literally get trashed, create an outfit from recycled material, also known as trash, and win a prize, <laughs> win a prize for the trashiest costume. So proceeds benefit Canyonlands Community Recycling. So I love the sound of that one. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I, I, I know personally I won't win any like high fashion you know, fashion shows, but I may have a chance on the, on the trash inside. <laughs> Me too. I, I really want to get involved in that one. It sounds fun. And then um, something that wasn't listed on the, uh, on the events when you go online to check it out, but I love is Moab is night sky country. And in the national parks at, at uh, Canyonlands and Arches, they actually have dark sky rangers. And uh, what they do is they give talks about the night sky and those are amazing when i worked as a national park ranger at death valley national park we had some of those dark sky rangers come down and help us learn how to give night sky talks so i became a night sky ranger and i loved it they set up telescopes they they talk all about what there is to see in terms of the night sky stars and planets in the milky way and it's it's amazing Oh, that sounds so incredible. Actually, my, my editor, Steve, he's all about the, the dark skies and everything like that. So <laughs> he'll definitely love hearing all about that as he's, as he's editing this episode. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's take a step back. If we want to go there to the Moab, whether it's like for the dark skies or one of these events or just to visit the national parks there, how do we actually get to Moab? A lot of different ways to get there, but um, if you're going to fly in, the easiest way to get there is to fly right into Canyonlands Field Airport. It's located just 18 miles north of town. The closest major airport to Moab is is in Salt Lake City, which is about a four-hour drive away. But you can actually fly right into Canyonlands Airport. There's at least nine different airlines that that now make direct flights, uh, some without stopovers from a lot of different major destinations and, and many of the major airlines will fly you right in there. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Cause uh, as much as I'm sure the the drive from Salt Lake to, to Moab is, I'm sure it's just really beautiful. If you can eliminate that four hour drive, that might be worth it. Definitely. I mean, my husband and I, we love to ride out in our, our RV and tow our Jeep and a lot of people do, but if you want to get there quickly, that's, that's the easiest way to get into town. And so, okay, so say if we're able to catch a flight right there into Moab, uh, from there, do we need to rent a car? Is there public transportation? Like, how do we get around once we're actually in the town? Great question. Um, There are a number of different car rental options. Canyonlands Jeep Rental, Moab Car Rentals Enterprise. Canyonland Field Airport actually has a car rental straight out of the airport. It's really easy. You can also catch an Uber and take it into town. But one thing about Moab is you really do want to have a vehicle to get around because 
there are so many destinations within a 20 to 30 mile range from town and you want to you want some kind of transportation to get around so you can visit all these amazing places oh absolutely and i know you mentioned uh, like a jeep rental there obviously most national parks have just wonderful roads you can, you can easily get in there and explore and everything like that but is it something maybe you want to rent a Jeep so that way you can go off-roading a little bit? Or are there places where you can actually do the off-roading? Because I know obviously with national parks, you want to preserve as much of that nature as possible without going off the roads. Right. There are hundreds of miles of Jeep trails, literally hundreds and hundreds of miles of roads and trails that can take you in and throughout the national parks, whether you're going two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. And your four-wheel drive experience can be something as simple as a really well-graded gravel road or something like Poison Spider or Hell's Revenge where you're literally driving up and down rock walls. It's really up to you. Uh, We're kind of of middle-of-the-road off-roaders. We like to take the back roads, but we don't want something that's going to tear the rig apart. But other more experienced off-road adventurers have a lot of options available. Yeah, no, that that sounds really awesome. I, I think I always like see that people doing uh, you know the off roading, and I think that'd be awesome to do. But I I think I'd probably be a little afraid of, that I'm going to crash the car or lose my security deposit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why it's a great idea to think about going on some of the excursions that are offered by a lot of different operators around town. I mean, there's. Uh, For example, Moab Adventure Center, they offer all different kinds of of excursions from a a half day to several days. And they'll take you out into the wilds and you don't have to worry about the driving. In fact, they also offer combination backroading and mountain biking. So they'll take your way out there and then give you a mountain bike to ride and they'll follow along and pick you up wherever you want. So a lot of options, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Uh, and then around town, say if we're driving around and, and hitting up some of the attractions that are within the city, is there is parking pretty easy? Or, or is there like paid parking? Because I know where, where I came from in LA, or even here in Nashville, some of the places you go, I mean, they, they want to charge you, you know, a lot you know, on an hourly basis for parking. I didn't see paid parking around Moab. It's it's free to park on the streets, but it can get crowded there. Moab is a busy place. It's It's gone through like this whole epic of discovery over the last five to 10 years. So it can get busy. A lot of local hotels do offer free parking. And if you're choosing to go on an excursion that day, you know, one of the, the uh, excursion tours that you go on, they'll actually come and pick you up and, and drop you off. And you can just leave, leave your car at the hotel, which is really a great option. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, especially like you mentioned, whether you're renting a Jeep or taking one of these excursions, if we go there like in the springtime or maybe even during the fall, we don't have to worry about getting too sunburnt. You know, we get the nice breeze <laughs> and everything like that without getting too hot and everything. So I think that's also like a, a really good idea, you know, as far as going at a certain time of the year, as well as having like one of those open air Jeeps and just like, enjoying the fresh air. Right. And then you had mentioned about um, when is it crowded? When's the best time of day? There are some people, <laughs> this is not us, but some people will get up before dawn and drive out to areas that are highly popular just so they can get there and have the place to themselves for a little while. And that's not a bad idea. I mean, going in the early morning, going in the late evening, those are smart options for getting out to places that are that are going to be really busy later in the day oh for sure especially if you want like if you want to get that instagram photo you know you want to get that golden hour photo like as a sun setting stuff like that you know you got to make sure you get out there away from everybody else that way you get like just that epic shot that's right 
it's absolutely essential. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'll have other people photobombing your shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, get out of my way. Excuse me. <laughs> so, okay. So you mentioned like the some of the tours that can even pick you up at your hotel. As far as planning for your hotel, are there a lot of like more like the, the well-known brands like Marriott and Hilton and Hyatt? Or is it a more like a boutique type of places or like Airbnb options? You know, those are all options. There are so many different hotel options. There's so many different Airbnb options. Again, I went online and I looked up hotels in Moab and I counted at least 40. <laughs> Everything from, um, you know, Marriott Spring Hill Suites, which is right there at the beginning of, of the canyons. You come into town from the north side to uh, budget motels that you can rent to tent camping or glamping options. You can actually rent a tent you know, camp in comfort. They even bring in portable air conditioners. So there's there's something here for everybody, uh, for any kind of, of hotel, motel stay, any kind of camping or glamping. Oh, that's cool. I could probably do the camping a little bit, but I'm getting a little too spoiled with like the nice beds and everything in some of the hotels they stay at. So <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think maybe one or two nights of the, the glamping and then head over to the hotel and then take a nice hot shower and everything like that. It's great. And and some of the campgrounds offer little cabins that you can stay in too. So oh, cool. a lot of different options. Yeah. We, uh, the last time we were there, we stayed in one right by the river, just as you come into town there. It's, it was centrally located, easy to find and uh, had a lot of different options. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. So let's talk about some of the attractions in the city. Obviously we talked about, we got a couple of the national parks there. Maybe let's do a little like primer on those national parks, just a little tease. So that way people know what they're getting there. And then we can also talk about some other things to do in the city. Sure. Um, of course, Arches National Park. It's just literally 10 minutes north of town. And uh, Canyonlands, which is less than a uh, half an hour from town, both spectacular places to go. Both have amazing visitor centers that you can drop into and get all kinds of park brochures and newsletters and information about how to tour the parks. Um, right in town is the Moab Information Center, right on the corner of Main and Center. It's staffed by National Park Service, Bureau of Land Management, and Forest Service personnel. So you get the total scoop there and pick up all kinds of maps and brochures. There's all kinds of things to see and do in town. Great places to go, great restaurants to eat at. I know if you've got little children, one of the things people really enjoy doing is going to a nearby dinosaur park. Oh, wow. It's called um, Moab Giant Dinosaur Park. They have a dinosaur playground where you can go and actually uncover tracks. Uh, You can visit interactive exhibits, go on trails. They have an outdoor air museum with trails that show dinosaur tracks, life-size animated dinosaurs, a 3D theater, prehistoric aquarium, all kinds of things (laughs) to do. So really fun. It, it was closed during COVID, but now it's open uh, every Friday through Sunday. So that's a great place to go, especially take younger children, which I know you have and, and want to take places. So sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do travel a lot with my kids and yeah, they're six and 10. So they're, they're not too young, but they're also not old enough sometimes, you know? Right. When we go on places like uh, when we go on the hikes and everything in the, in the different parks there, are the trails good enough where it's something that they can go on or is it a little bit more challenging where it's where it's more for adults absolutely there's all kinds of trails there's there's short little walks that uh, that are just a few hundred feet there's some that are a quarter of a mile and there's some that go on for several miles they're all geared towards all different age groups from families with children 
to even people who need disabled access. And so there's all different kinds of trails in both of the parks and Canyonlands and in Arches and also in a nearby Dead Horse Point State Park, which is just, again, like another 15-minute drive outside of town. So lots of different options, very easy trail walking. It'll take you to the most beautiful places within a matter of minutes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I love it when there's access for everybody, whether it's, you know, like you said, it's young, it's the rest of us in the middle, uh, you know, elderly, it's people that have a little bit of uh, disabled access, everything like that. There's options for everybody. And and that way, everybody gets to kind of partake and enjoy the natural beauty of, of the area. That's what's wonderful about it. And if you want to get far away from everybody, that's that's always an option, too. You can just strike out overland in a lot of places. And my husband and I like like to take our Jeep and go deep into the backcountry and then take off and hike. But uh, that may be a little bit more advanced than some people <laughs> with young kids want to do. So. No, absolutely. So uh, let's talk about a couple of the, the, the restaurants that are there in town. Like, you know, There has to be some good food because if people are getting ready to go out there on, on the trails, they got to fill up on, on some really tasty food before they head out for the day. So what are some of the good options? A lot of options. I lost count of how many restaurants there were in town. But um, some people really enjoy, um, well, for, for breakfast, uh, they really enjoy going to the Jailhouse Cafe. And their breakfasts are just fantastic. And I, I love the name. Um, there's also the Desert Bistro and uh, Thai Bella, if you like Pacific Rim cuisine. If you love Mexican, there's a place called Gilberto's Mexican Taco Shop. And then there's a, a food truck called Quesadilla Mobia, and that one is in a little food truck park, so it actually has outdoor seating. You can sit down at tables and chairs. One of their entrees is enough for two people. They are very generous servings and delicious. And then um, if you like donuts, there's a great place called Doughbird, Doughbird Donuts, and uh, they have these massive donuts. Everything is fresh every day, and they also have fried chicken sandwiches, but be careful because they're spicy. <laughs> a lot of places, <laughs> a lot of places to eat, no shortage of, of wonderful places to go. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, definitely if I'm there with my kids, we're going to have to stop off and get some donuts because <laughs> I will, I will hear the end of it <laughs> or never hear the end of it. If, if they, if they don't get some donuts, we're going to drive by and my daughter's going to be wanting a donut holes and my son's going to want like a big chocolate donut and everything else. So, and of course, <laughs> You know, while I'm there, I have to just twist my arm and I'm, I'm going to have to get one for myself too, you know, so. Yeah, you probably want to try one of those apple fritters. They look fantastic. I wasn't quite brave enough to try that, but it looked really good. Oh, uh, that's really good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's some good options there. Uh, if you're there, like obviously you travel a lot with your husband and everything. Is there some place where maybe if I want to go out for a nice dinner and maybe for a celebration or something like that where it's a little bit more higher end, a little bit more upscale. Is there anything like that? One of the places that everybody really enjoys going to is the Moab Brewery. The legend is that that butts up against what used to be a local uranium mine. So I don't know if they use that uranium in brewing beer, but their beer (laughs) is outstanding. And they have some really outstanding menu choices. I mean, it's a brewery, so how can you go wrong? (laughs) So great menu with a, a large variety of things to choose from. Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm all about getting some uh, some fresh beer whenever I travel. So that sounds like a good idea for me. 
So Ranger Rose, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips from Moab, Utah. I can't wait to come out there and visit, explore the town, hit up the dinosaur park with my, with my kids, and then go explore some of the national parks there and, and enjoy some of that beauty. Now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Moab, where should they go and what should they eat? Well, I would definitely recommend either the Sunset Grill or the Broken Ore Restaurant. Some outstanding menu choices, whether you want to get a fresh grilled steak or a fabulous burger. So many choices there. Just an outstanding place. Well, right on. That sounds good. I'm all about the steaks. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, you mentioned that you've been to Moab and the, the national parks a few times. I'm sure you have some great stories. Which one are your most memorable? Our most memorable time was on a recent trip to Canyons Lands National Park. We took our Jeep, which we call Axel, <laughs> took Axel down into the Canyon Lands. One day we went on the Colorado Riverside and one another day we went down on the Green Riverside. But both times were just incredible opportunities to see the Canyon Lands, not only from the spectacular Overlook Vista points, but to actually drive down inside the canyons and see them close up. To do that, by the way, you need to get a permit from the national parks. They only give out 50 of those per day. So be sure you get one ahead of time by visiting either of the national park visitor centers, either in Canyonlands or Arches. Oh yeah, that definitely. I mean, I think it's like no matter where you travel, sometimes some of the most popular things that you really wanna do, you have to plan in advance and, and, and get that ticket because they're, they're limiting a lot of times uh, the number of people because they want to preserve those natural places or those artworks or anything else that they're they're kind of limiting that, that access to. Right. It makes perfect sense because if they didn't limit to 50 cars a day, you can imagine there, there'd probably be literally hundreds of vehicles down in the canyon. So it works really for everyone. You can go down and more or less have the place to yourself, see a few other cars, a few other drivers, but enjoy the experience. So good to plan ahead, but definitely the right way to go. Absolutely. So so speaking of good times and happy memories, where's the happiest happy hour in Moab? Well, for us, it was taking a portable chair and driving to a favorite overlook for a sunset view. And there is a lot of places that you can do that in both of the national parks. We have these chairs that fold up into a little bag and you can carry them right in the back of the vehicle. There's all different kinds that you can get, but definitely recommend that. Just getting out and enjoying your favorite overlook for a sunset view in the parks. Now that sounds perfect. I mean, I think it's a great thing to just, you know, sometimes we're always on a, in a hurry to run around and, and do all these things. And, and sometimes you just got to like sit and chill and just relax and, and enjoy what's going on around you. That's right. Now, if I wanted to, to grab a beer or enjoy a different type of happy hour that most people think about, where would I go for that? Well, definitely the Moab Brewery. Uh, the place has a fantastic menu, plus it's a brewery. So how can you go wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I check out, whenever I travel, is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza when I'm visiting Moab? Oh, you've got a lot of options to choose from there. The ones that I really found amazing were were two. One was called Antica, A-N-T-I-C-A, and they've got fantastic gourmet options for pizza. And then another one called Formazak's. Uh, both of these are right in the center of town and just fabulous pizza options and of course you can always go to the local pizza hut they have one of those there as well so you've got some great choices <laughs> yeah no offense in, in case uh, pizza hut wants to sponsor us but 
I, I think it, it would have to be a, a rough night for me to be able to, <laughs> to check out like one of those like chain pizza places. I'd rather go to the locals and support the little mom and pops, you know? Yeah, and those local places are amazing. I mean, I have not ever seen gourmet pizza quite like those. It's fabulous. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I know from your experience being a park ranger and then also just exploring all the parks and all the other travels that you do, I'm sure you have some amazing tips. What's one of your best travel tips? Well, my best travel tip is get out early. <laughs> <laughs> know where you want to go. Uh, don't be afraid to use an actual printed map. Don't always count on GPS because sometimes that can lead you wrong. So get some good maps. Get out early, especially if you're going to an area that's really popular with a lot of folks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some of my friends give me a hard time because I always print out like my boarding pass or print out <laughs> maps and everything. But yeah, I mean, your your life is going to be uh, pretty tough when you're in a spot with no, with no cell service. Or your battery dies on your phone and um, you don't know how to get around or you can't get into that attraction. Absolutely. Nothing is better than a good map. Always have good maps with you. And also another travel tip, Lee, a really important one, bring your own first aid kit. Just make sure you've got a small little first aid kit that's got just the basics in it. You won't be sorry you brought it along. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they don't take up very much space either, you know, so that's really good. Rose, I really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips from Moab. I've learned a lot, and I can't wait to go visit some of these national parks and and see the dinosaurs and, and all the other things that are going on there in Moab. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? And and I know you have a great book that I think some of the listeners would really enjoy as well. Thank you, Lee. Yeah, I spent most of my life as a, a park ranger for the national parks and uh, also for the California state parks. And I recently released a book, a new book called Trip Tales from Family Camping to Life as a Ranger. And they're really funny stories about how family camping adventures as a child inspired me to become a National Park Ranger. So it's a collection of short stories that are guaranteed to entertain and literally make you laugh out loud as you follow the mishaps of our family camping adventures in a tiny teardrop trailer along the Northern (laughs) California coast. And also it talks about my later adventures when I actually became a park ranger at Golden Gate National Recreation Area in California. I worked in the Marine Headlands just north of the Golden Gate Bridge and also at Mount Rainier National Park in Washington. So the book, again, is Trip Tales from Family Camping to Life as a Ranger by Roseanne McHenry. And you can get that easily on Amazon or you can visit my website, which is www.trip tales book all one word trip tales well fantastic well we'll definitely include links to all those in the show notes and rose i really appreciate you sharing all these amazing tips and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there thank you it was a pleasure to be on your program thanks so much what an awesome conversation with ranger rose you can find all the links we talked about today at we travel forward slash moab we want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Athens, Georgia to speak with my good friend Jared Wallace, a U.S. Paralympic track and field athlete and one of the fastest humans alive. In this episode, Jared and I talk about the Twilight Criterion Racers, the Interactive Children's Garden at the State Botanical Garden, and the Athens Beer Trail. We hope to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app and we don't miss any of our coming destinations.